Hey, I'm Sean. And I'm Clayton, and we're men who like men who like movies. We're two queer men who love movies and love talking about movies. And after a lot of urging, we started a podcast. Sean, what did we watch this week? So this week, we are watching a one of our listener requests. Um, and I... Who requested this? I can't even remember. Was it... Josh, Josh, it was like you, Josh, wasn't it? Josh, <laughs> maybe it was. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I'm pretty positive Josh was the one who asked about this. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> uh, so this week we watched The Dark Crystal from 1982, um, which is a first time watch for both Clayton and I. Um, so luckily, we have a very special guest on. We've got Joshua Conkle. TV writer, filmmaker, and co and host of the Bloodhouse podcast. Thanks for coming, Josh. Hey, it's my pleasure. We're so excited to have you. Yeah. So, what's your relationship to this? So, why were you like, I need to talk about the Dark Crystal? I think it is um, a criminally underappreciated movie that has a um, small but but very dedicated cult following, which I'm a member of. Um, I think it's the most pure fantasy film that's ever been made, the most special fantasy film that's ever been made. I think it's just um, a marvel of filmmaking and of imagination. And it was my very first favorite movie um, as a little boy. I, and I'm a horror person. I make horror movies. I write horror TV shows. I have a horror podcast. So people are a little bit surprised when I tell them how much I love this particular movie. But it just um, it's a movie that just means so much to me, perhaps more than any other movie that's ever been made. That's incredible. And honestly, this feels like a really good gateway horror because there's a lot of horrific kind of like elements to this. Um, it's dark. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it's in the it's title. Really <laughs> it's going to be horrifying. Yeah, like, it, so, yeah. I mean, I can completely understand where like this kind of leads you into, you know, like a horror realm. Um, so I, I completely understand it. Yeah, this is. Yeah, absolutely. So when did you first see it? Like, where did you like? You know, I'm not sure that there was a time in my life where I hadn't seen this. So I, when it came out in 1982, I did not see it in the theater. I know that because I was a newborn baby and my mom was poor <laughs> and single and was not, you know, in the habit of taking newborns to movie theaters, which costs money. <laughs> it was just like oh, a, a waste of money, her. basically. <laughs> so it must have been a year or so later. But when I was a little kid in the 80s, you know, of course, that was the VHS days and mm -hmm. we rented a lot of movies and um so there became a rule in my family where we go to the video store and go through that whole process of trying to pick out a couple of movies to rent as a family and the rule was like you can pick out anything that you want that's not the dark crystal because i wanted to watch <laughs> it so much and i just i did watch it so many times that it became banned in my house for like many many years luckily a couple years later labyrinth came out and so it became labyrinth instead of the dark crystal for many years and then that was banned <laughs> but i was just obsessed with it i would like play like i was a girl fling in the woods at my house and I had this really cool coffee table book that was really expensive that I still have called the world of the dark crystal that I was obsessed with and um yeah I just I just love this I love the story of how it was made I love the world of Thra which is where this takes place it's just I, I just love it I think it's so special and beautiful and legitimately beautiful like I actually feel moved by this movie very deeply while I watch it which feels insane but like I've seen it twice <laughs> in the movie theater in the past year because I live in Los Angeles where they have all these 
you know, repertory theaters like New mm-hmm. Beverly and Vidiots and stuff like that. And, and I have friends who have kids. And so all of these theaters have like kid brunches on Sunday afternoons. So usually I can see the Dark Crystal about twice a year and I never miss it when it comes to my attention. So <laughs> yeah, it's a really meaningful movie for me. No, and that's amazing. And I completely understand. Like this film is beautiful. Like the set design, like the matte paintings, everything in it is just, it is a visual feast. Absolutely. Yeah. The production designer, Brian Froud, who designed like all of the creatures and the world and, you know, basically the entire aesthetic of the movie. He and Jim Henson worked for seven years just designing the world and all the animals that lived there and the history of the world and the geology and all of that stuff before they even started writing a script. So this is the only fantasy movie that I can think of that's not animated where you never see a human face. They also don't borrow any mythology like elves or anything like that, you know, it's Lord of the Rings ish. It's all made from scratch. They spent many years making it. So including writing whole languages from scratch. So it, when you watch it, you get the sense that you're only seeing one little sliver of this world, Mm -hmm. which is true. Um, and it's just so brilliant. And and then if you watch the series to the Netflix series, that that's really cool because it lets you see more of the world finally. But it's just it's such a an amazing, pure, you know, burst of imagination and fantasy. And I don't think anything else really comes close to it. Yeah, I would 100 percent agree with that. So um, Joshua. Josh would obviously recommend this. Sean, would you recommend this? I would. I had a really good time with this. Um, I think it's a lot of fun, and I do think it's a nice little gateway horror because there's some really genuinely creepy moments. And I love a gateway horror because I like to terrify my nephews and nieces. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little bit, you know, just enough to keep their hearts pumping. But yeah, I would. I absolutely would. How about you, Clayton? Would you recommend this? I would too, with a very small caveat people that are scared of puppets. They um, are out there, aren't they? I mean, I've heard it. people that are my age, like people in their late 30s and 40s who can't watch this because they were scared by it when they were little kids. And there is something uncanny yeah, I, about the puppets mm-hmm. a little bit, which I, I get, but I just think they're so beautiful that I, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I don't love puppets most of the time. I find them very creepy. And so like Labyrinth, I'm not a fan of. Labyrinth, I've actually only seen like once and I was just like, oh, so I was really worried about this. And I watched it and I did find it horrifying, but also very, very beautiful. <laughs> and David Bowie's crotch wasn't angrily thrusting at me. Uh, I um, love Labyrinth as I was well. Like, Man, if I, I love Labyrinth too. Caught this. But I feel like people, most people like Labyrinth and not this because Labyrinth is like, quote unquote, more fun. And this is like more earnest and dark. But I think this is more special than Labyrinth. Yeah. I yeah, I liked this a lot more than Labyrinth, but I also found it deeply, deeply horrifying, and this will haunt my dreams. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Labyrinth, 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 Labyrinth is way. <laughs> Labyrinth is a bit more bombastic, which I think is usually a little bit more crowd pleasing. Um, but I do, I like this. There's a very quiet beauty to this movie, like, and it yeah. allows itself to take its time. And there's moments of you know just like 
quiet, which is I love in a film, and not very many films do that anymore. Like it's just especially like, we... kids' movies, right? Oh like, yeah, I was it's... I saw this twice in the movie theater this year with children, which I had never had the experience of before. So I was a little worried because this is a bit slow. It's a bit quiet, especially compared to children's movies from today. And I gotta say, like both times, the kids were absolutely silent and absolutely glued to the screen. So I think it still works that's that is impressive that's the sign of a good movie when you can when you can put a chi- put it in front of a child and they are not just like i'm out of popcorn i need more drink yeah I need the- <laughs> like, they're just watching a movie <laughs> yeah we don't have time to run out of popcorn it's a slick hour and a half yeah oh uh kick and run out of popcorn in like 14 seconds like, are you kidding me? So can I, like, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I'm very far removed yeah. from children. I'm just like, I, I don't know. Clayton always reminds me when he thinks of, when he's talking about children. Uh, did you ever watch Arrested Development? When, of course. Uh, of course. When, when Lucille's just like, what? It's a banana, Michael. What could it cost? $10? $10. Like, that's yeah. how Clayton is with children. That's my understanding <laughs> of children. He's just like, uh, what, do, what do you mean it can't feed itself? It's it was born like three weeks ago like <laughs> i'm kind of like that too but like for some reason kids love me and they're obsessed with me because i'm they're just so foreign to me that whenever i am with a child i don't know what to talk about it. and i'm like which david lynch movies do you like or you know what i mean so but they just love me i don't know why it's i guess because i treat them like a, a grown-up yeah <laughs> and plus if you're kind of looking at them with like a scientific precision so i'm sure they're just like oh he's kind of an alien too <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah all righty well you guys ready to get into the into the movie a little bit more sure all righty yeah. so just a little bit of production we've got uh this was directed by jim henson um, and Frank Oz, which Jim Henson, oh my god, I cannot talk today, I'm sorry. Jim Henson uh, is, of course, known for The Muppets and Labyrinth. And Frank Oz, Little Shop of Horrors, Dirty Round Scoundrels, and we a movie we just covered a few a month or two ago. Uh, <laughs> the Stepford Wives. <laughs> I've been speaking English last time. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I honestly my brain is on like five thousand percent i was like didn't you talk on the phone all day at work you should be like fluent (laughs) no that's why i don't have any more talk in me is because i talk all day (laughs) um but yes the the stepford one and i couldn't remember honestly i was having a moment where i was just like what month is this what year who am I? <laughs> I was like, is it already March? Is it not March? I can't remember. I've been seeing, putting things for March and doing February. So I had to figure it out where, when we did the Stepford Wives, which was last month. <laughs> I was literally the whole entire time you've been talking. I'm like, when did we do the Stepford Wives? And then I was like, Die, yeah, January. January. It was our first, first, first uh, podcast of this year. So I was Wait, like, so did Frank Oz direct the Stepford Wives? uh the remake he did yes oh, oh, not yeah, the no. original not the good one <laughs> the nicole kidman one yeah the funny one not the yeah, scary the one. one i love that... the 70s one. Oh, we oh we do too it's one of our it's, it's so, good. so good it's so scary and I, we me and clayton both have a soft spot in our heart for the stepford wives the the remake the funny one it's so mm-hmm. stupid and it's so bad but it's like enjoyably bad <laughs> It is pure camp. Yeah, maybe I, I should it. rewatch it. I saw it one time in the theater when it came out, and I was like, hmm, well, I saw that. <laughs> and I never yeah. watched it again. Any movie that has gold. Like it's, it's bad, 
but any movie that has Glenn Close screaming, "Does anybody have a screwdriver?" is automatically just like at the top of my list for anything. <laughs> Give her an Oscar, Hollywood. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so with a story by Jim Henson uh, and a screenplay by David O'Dell, who's done the Muppets and Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a little bit of weird production history, um, we've got in 1940. <laughs> I was like, well, we're going back to old oh Hollywood, all right? Here oh, go. my God. I told you I am completely brain dead today. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> like, I I have no idea why. I just I, I was able to come home and actually eat pizza. I sped home so I'd have time. I was like, we're talking MGM, we're talking Hayes Code, we're going all the way back to the 40s. Before Jim Henson was born, basically. <laughs> so in in February 1978, uh, Jim, <laughs> <There we go. laughs> Jim Henson and his daughter Cheryl found themselves stuck at an airport hotel when Kennedy Airport was struck by a, a snowstorm. They worked out the details for this movie's world on numerous sheets of hotel note paper. The notes became inspiration for a screenplay. Work on this film didn't begin in earnest until 1979, after the completion of the Muppet movie, which was shot in Los Angeles. This movie was shot in England, back-to-back with the great Muppet caper. I'm, I'm going to have great to stop film. every four seconds and be like, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Alright, hang on, hang on one second. I'm going to... I'm going to do a vocal exercise. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Okay, that's better. All right. Jim Henson's plan with this movie was to get back to the darkness of the original Brothers Grimm fairy tales. He felt that children liked the idea of being scared and that this was a healthy emotion for them with which to deal. He was uh, right, and he's right. Uh-huh. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, uh, so I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like, my favorite movie of all time is Aliens, and I saw it at the ripe old age of five, mm-hmm. and it has stuck with me forever, and I will be forever chasing that high. <laughs> it's an incredible movie. Yep. So, I fully loved horror movies, and my parents did not like them, so they didn't... They would let me rent one from the library, because <laughs> we, yeah. we could each get three movies on our library cards. And my parents were like, one horror, and then you have to pick something else. <laughs> See, it's so funny because I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies. My family is Pentecostal. and um, But now they can't say shit about it because I do it for a living. And I'm more successful than either of my parents. And so they kind of have to just like shrug and deal <laughs> with it. They're just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I, maybe they're just like, oh, well, we kept you away from them for so I long. I grew up very Christian as well, and my parents are also not fans of the horror yeah, genre. are not fans. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they were like, we kept you away for so long, we helped develop your, your love for it. So now we did, in a way. <laughs> uh, pre-production work revolved around Brian Froud's designs without a finished script. Well, when Froud originally presented Jim Henson with concept drawings for the crystal, Henson seemed perplexed. When Froud asked why, Henson said he had no idea what the designs were for. Froud had misunderstood <laughs> Henson during early production conversations. Henson intended to call the film The Dark Chrysalis, referring to the Skeksis' dominance over the world. Henson, however, loved the concept art and integrated the idea of the crystal into the storyline. That's amazing. Yeah. I would have loved to see the Chrysalis version, though. Yeah, people talk a lot about how this movie is sort of 
some people claim it's a little bit of a ripoff of Star Wars, which was, of course, huge in 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that that's really, that isn't ring true to me. It just They both feel like classic heroes journey films, and I don't really think that you can take credit for that, unless you're yeah, Joseph Campbell. Both... <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, like, I did have Star Wars thoughts in it, but it wasn't from, like, A New Hope Star Wars. Right. Um, and, again, they are just very, like, basic heroes journeys at the core of it. Yeah. And all of those are, you know, very similar plot beats that you'll get in any of those stories of, you know, a savior chosen one arc. Yeah. I mean, Brian Froud's designs, though, are so beautiful. They republished a couple of years ago that book I mentioned, The World of the Dark Crystal. And it's all just like little drawings of all the animals that live on this world and like different sketches like that. It's an absolutely stunning coffee table book. Oh, I'm going to have to look it up. I love a good coffee table book. Yeah, it's really cool. (laughs) Especially like movie art, because I love seeing... Even the mm-hmm. things that don't make Lord it. Lord of the Rings had some amazing coffee table books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All of those are... Mm. Uh, early drafts of the script featured Jen and Kira traveling through the underworld, where they encountered a race of underground mining creatures. The concept was later integrated into Fraggle Rock. <laughs> uh, Jim Henson personally trimmed 20 minutes from this movie after a disastrous preview in San Francisco. He also ordered many of the character voices redubbed to eliminate some of the invented character languages, making the movie more accessible and the plot easier to follow. Yeah, originally the Skeksis um, didn't speak English, and you can actually watch clips of it on YouTube. But it doesn't, I mean, it was they were right to add character voices because it's really, they just kind of grunt at each other, and it's, it's just not as good. <laughs> it was a good call. <laughs> yeah, I know... I mean, filmmakers will do this once in a while to try to really emphasize, you know, the foreignness of something or you're in the character's experience. But it is so frustrating. Yeah. Watching a movie and it's just like, okay. The only time I like it is like an American character is traveling through Romania or something like that. And you so you don't get the Romanian translations like that can be really cool. But in Mm -hmm. a fantasy movie like this, it's not my favorite. Yeah. well, exactly. and we also spend a lot of time with the with the Skeksis. So, like, it's if if they were very more background without someone there to even like react to stuff. Yeah, like exactly. So, like, and we're learning about like their political structures and the history of the castle like and stuff. It's like how you did can't you can't get that from context? <laughs> yeah, exactly. like that one would be a little bit hard to kind of like <laughs> explain. Like this, I know it's a show, don't tell, but I need you to tell me on this one. Tell me something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, executive producer Lou Gr- Sir Lou Grade sold his ITC film entertainment company to businessman Robert Holmes. What what do you what is this note? I didn't I don't remember writing this. Robert Holmes, a court. I wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> that was why. Uh, who had no faith in the finished product based on bad test screenings. As it looked like Holmes Accord was going to bury this movie, Jim Henson brought, uh, bought the property back and funded its own release. that's so cool good for him i mean listen i live in los angeles i work in this business i hate test screening so much because here's what they do they take a bus to burbank or someplace like that they get 20 randos offer them a shasta drive them to a movie theater and then it's just like a just a random assortment of people who may or may not be the target audience i don't know i'm just i'm a little bit of an elitist and i think most most people have fairly bad taste so if you give them something (laughs) special like this of course they're gonna 
give it a bad score. I, I think, I don't know, but my whole thing with the Dark Crystal is I think it's sort of like too special for this world. It's, that's why it's not more popular. That's why the show got canceled. It's just a very, very special thing. And, and as such as it's so special, it's just not right for everybody. No, I, I can understand that. That's so weird because I feel like everyone I've ever heard talk about this, it's been in a positive way. Well, yeah, it has a very it devoted just wasn't fan something base. That was really there's around. not that many people that have seen it, though. <laughs> you know, like, well, well that's mm. not true either. I mean, there is an idea that this was a flop movie, which isn't true. It did very well at the box office when it opened in 82. Um, yeah, so that's not true. It, it, it does have like a, a devoted cult following, though. And understandably so. I think it's, I'm really glad. And sometimes I I actually enjoy a cult following more. <laughs> Only because I feel like there are times when they'll like add 25 sequels that you don't that don't add anything to the story. Like For sure. So like I've heard really good things about the Dark Crystal Dark Crystal TV show um or the series but it it was never like so big like Star Wars like I, Star Wars yeah. for the most part is kind of good enough diminishing returns on some things. Um, well, I won't you need say a all chance of them. to miss things right like if you love it, something, yeah. you know, a little goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and finally, co-directors Jim Henson and Frank Oz were in charge of every aspect of this movie, but according to Henson. His own strengths lay in, com- in composing camera shots and movement, while Oz was more in tune with character development and the dynamics of the scene. Yeah, that makes sense. Sounds like a good uh, cooperation. Yeah, they work so well together. And they both, I mean, Frank Oz does so many of the great Muppet voices. You know, he's such a great voice himself. So talented. Absolutely yeah. talented. And honestly, I, I Little Shop of Horrors is my favorite movie musical. <laughs> absolutely (laughs) same it's my favorite musical there i think it's again i think it's so funny of course and so campy but genuinely very moving to me like if i hear two notes of somewhere that's green i'm crying and it's there's no skips in the entire musical it's just so good it's it is one of the rare no skip musicals and it's It's just so good so and it's one of those that i feel like people don't talk about as often like everyone who talks about it absolutely loves it but it's not like people forget how good it is until they watch it again and like i like you know of course ellen green and and rick moranis like seymour and and audrey are are probably one of my favorite movie couples ever like i just find them so adorable like so adorable (laughs) i mean and and her performance i mean he's great too but her performance is so iconic that no one has even come close i mean and i've seen many productions of little shop of horrors Mm -hmm. including broadway productions and it's just like no one is anywhere near her and they were talking about remaking it and i was just like who do you how can you even like, just put Ellen Green back on. I'm fine with that. I like, know. And for <laughs> what? It's going to be, like, Jake Gyllenhaal and Lady Gaga? Like, come on. <laughs> uh, well, the uh, last casting I heard of before... Uh, I would watch that. <laughs> it might be good. It might be good. But I just, you know, I don't know. The last casting I heard before it was canceled. It has been canceled. But uh, the last casting I heard was Taron Egerton as Seymour. Uh, mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson as Audrey. And Chris Evans as the dentist. And that was I mean, the extent of what I heard. 
those men are okay. I don't think Scarlett Johansson's voice is strong enough to be Audrey. She does sing, but she has like a very sultry, like chain smoker, jazz singer kind of voice. Yeah. She can't belt like Ellen Green. Yeah, she's a lounge singer, not a yeah, not, not really a not a sing it to the back row kind of lady. Right. <laughs> sing it to the back row. Sing it to the people on the subway. Sing it to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really liking that Lady Gaga casting. I would love to see Lady Gaga. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, honestly, that's a fantastic She would be great. Save. She's got a great voice. I'm like, yeah. you know, she can really belt. So she'd probably be very good. Oh, I well, <laughs> I wasn't excited, but now I'm like, oh, if they did Lady Gaga, I might be excited for that. Like, there I mean, it's never like going to. <laughs> there was like a pretty good production um, a couple years ago here in L.A., at Pasadena Playhouse where MJ Rodriguez she was actor, so good she was I, very good I saw um, her do um somewhere that's green I, I think somebody posted to the YouTube because I live in Indiana and yeah. I was like oh my gosh she was so good she was so really good. good the production was cool in some ways because it's LA they kind of gave it an LA aesthetic they made the doo-wop girls Latina instead of black um, so there were cool things like that, but the director like really shied away from comedy. So like, I was like, why is Audrey in overalls and glasses? Like, I know that you're afraid of having like a trans sex worker, but you don't have to go all the way in the other direction and dress her like a fourth grader. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> like the direction was like very weird. <laughs> like she was she an like extra Dora the Explorer. <laughs> you know, like, you look like an extra from Abbott Elementary. Please stop. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah back to the dark crystal yes. uh for cast we've got uh steven garlic as jen or, or the voice of jen uh, lisa maxwell as kira billy whitelaw as agra who is my personal favorite character of this whole thing of course you're a gay man <laughs> yeah. stand up. MVP i was like movie. every time she was on i was like please agra is you, like the her. gay man stand in except for I mean, actually a couple of the skexies are queer coded but we'll get, we could probably get into that later yeah <laughs> uh barry Deneen as the chamberlain and joseph o'connor as the narrator oh and that's pretty much all i have for uh for background yeah none of those people are really very famous although mm-hmm. fun fact is billy whitlaw who voices agra was not the original voice originally i think it was frank oz but it just wasn't it wasn't believable or something so they cast billy whitlaw who is the evil nanny in the omen if you've ever mm-hmm. seen that yes um that's like the only interesting casting thing that i know about this movie <laughs> it's really not i knew the name seemed familiar <laughs> <laughs> I thought she looked vaguely familiar, but I couldn't place it, and I didn't do a deep dive through her filmography to find out. Oh, you out mean Billy Whitlaw? That you meant Agra, her. and I was like, Agra's not an actor. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I was gonna say, and I looked it up. Billy Whitlaw was also recently in Hot Fuzz. I can't remember who she played, but I remember seeing Ooh, her name in it. I forgot. So, that. I hadn't seen that in years. I watched that recently. Remember, I I, I finally crossed that yes. off my list not that long ago, and I do not. But that also would probably make more sense of why she looked familiar <laughs> because that was very recent. Alrighty, well, you guys ready to get into the into the real story of this? Yeah. Alrighty, yes. so we start off with some narration and beautiful opening, opening art like this mm-hmm. entire, like the storm over this land is just beautiful, and the music is yeah. so gorgeous. gorgeous the score is really special. Mm-hmm absolutely it's a it's a really beautiful score uh also the shout factory 4k restoration is 
gorgeous. Yeah, it is. Oh my god. I have it too. Oh, I didn't I I was gonna say I'm in between paychecks, so I had to rent it in SD. So it was beautiful then, so I'm guessing it's even more beautiful. <laughs> I rented the 4K and it was gorgeous. <laughs> I was like, I had to rent it in SD, so like I was just <laughs> You got the real eighties experience. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I'll watch it like I'm watching a VHS. We'll do that. <laughs> I mean, I watched it so much on VHS in the eighties that when it finally got like a restoration in the two thousands, I was like, damn, this looks good. Like this shit was muddy as hell when i watched this movie in the 80s (laughs) one of my favorite things is like a movie that you watched a bunch on vhs and then somehow missed during the next couple generations and then you watch on 4k and you're like oh my god that happened to me with um the new restoration of 1974 black christmas which i'd seen many times but there are whole scary things that i never noticed because they were so muddy in the old version it was just uh i haven't gotten to see the 4k it's really good oh such a good movie one of the greatest horror movies ever made absolutely uh but yes we are in yeah i was gonna say (laughs) back to this gateway horror (laughs) um so i am 35 and i'm going to have nightmares sean well (laughs) i was gonna say i the only thing i'm gonna have a nightmare about is uh what was it oh my gosh what is that little thing called the fizz fizz gig gig. oh my god his mouth i was just like oh my god i think he's supposed to be cute but this is scary as shit i'm jumping out of that hole makes me jump every time yeah i was like oh that was that was terrifying i was like and no he's supposed to be the cute thing like he looks like he's going to eat you in your sleep um (laughs) (laughs) although when he throws his fit later in the movie that is the funniest part of this for me (laughs) yeah it's really cute just because it reminded me of Clayton. And then he's a typical dog and gets them caught because he's an idiot. Yeah, well, in the series, there is actually at some point like an entire like army of fizz gigs. It's really cool. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I know, I was like, an army of cute things is so yeah. scary. <laughs> like, do their mouths open at the same time? Because I would honestly think that that's going to give me nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we open up with a little bit of opening narration, um, revealing that the land used to be green and good, and then the dark crystal was cracked, and a shard of the crystal was lost. And because of this, there were two species that came up car- came from it, the cruel Skeksis and the gentle Mystics. And one thing I was, I was kind of clocking was uh it seems like the skexies are kind of like energy vampires <laughs> a little bit yes um, literally it's where i got all that <laughs> yes quite <Yeah>. literally <laughs> i was like oh energy vampires they're also some of them are very queer coded which i love it's the only gay representation i need is those skexies <laughs> and Especially... um, i always oh. think of them like i think that's like the gop convention <laughs> Oh my god. So oh my evil. god. It's so each true. Each of them is like constantly angling for power. They're constantly backstabbing each other. It's like oh, it's like um, you know, Mitch McConnell getting together with you know, um I don't know who else. I don't even know their names anymore, the Republicans, but they're just so evil in a delightful way. Going to use that in the promo. We talked about Mitch McConnell this week. Picture of his cast. <laughs> close enough (laughs) who's the closeted republican in the south oh gosh i wish i knew his name off the top of he got ted cruz 
Um, no, he got caught with like a, a gay sex worker a few years ago who had like really disgusting stories to tell about. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I honestly don't remember. I can't watch the news anymore because it's There's just been so many <laughs> because I just I I don't have time. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't have time to worry. I don't have Fair. time for it. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say. I was going to say something. Oh, you said the Skeksis were like energy vampires and I interrupted you to say something oh, crazy that took five minutes. No, no, no. That was perfect. Uh, so it actually uh, what I was going to say was I love when uh, when they when Agra they can they capture Agra and she's like mock mouth and then uh, they're just like oh so they're just yeah. clutching their pearls like <laughs> it's so great <laughs> like, they're just like oh good god <laughs> I feel like I hope that I'm like Agra when I'm old that I just like don't give a shit and will say whatever I feel like and I'm just like cantankerous and grumpy and truth telling it's like my goal that really is the dream. I'm just going to be an old swamp I just hope I'm not here in a thousand years. Yeah, I was going to say, Clayton's already halfway there, so we're good. (laughs) 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 Um, But yes, so the Skeksis are essentially... It's a... Sorry, my train. They call them lizards, but they look like birds. I think they're supposed to be... The way I read it, what I read online was they are like part lizard part bird and part dragon is yeah. what i i read i didn't get a lot of dragon but i did get a lot of the lizard and bird yeah there you know a, a couple of icky things mixed together and then the mystics were sort of inspired by dinosaurs but also dogs i could see that interesting yeah yeah they have like that kind of like soft like dog face but they've got like the elongated like a brontosaurus yeah although the multiple arms are creepy yeah it's really weird (laughs) i was like i mean i feel like you could get so much done but i would worry that i'd like break an arm moving anywhere (laughs) i love the mystics too i well sean you know how you don't break your arm you move very 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 slowly (laughs) (laughs) i love the mystics i love their whole vibe too i feel like i can channel that when i'm at my best that's how i feel when i'm like making a soup on in a crock pot (laughs) it's like (laughs) like listening to fleetwood mac making a soup on a rainy day like that's how i feel like i'm i'm a mystic do you make booming calls to yourself while you're making your stew? Oh my god, you have a barbershop on set. <laughs> There's ten of them, so that's why it's an on set. Yeah. <laughs> I in case Clayton didn't get that one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, but yes, we learned that the emperor of the of the Skeksis are is dying. Um, and also Jen's master is dying as well. And we are introduced to Jen the Gelfling who is naked who is naked <laughs> for some reason i was like i mean i get it skinny to fix fun you know but, i mean this movie was made by hippies like my i i was born in the early 80s and my parents were hippies and they're the ones who are making fraggle rock and the dark crystals so you get a lot of those hippie aesthetics i mean nothing in the early 80s looked like this this is all like 60s 70s looking stuff so you know that is hippies, true man. very true <laughs> <laughs> came out it was like right at the end of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so one thing i i did want to say is i wish the master would be slightly more 
like concise but then again that's not really how you send somebody out on a journey (laughs) (laughs) he's pretty oblique about what he needs he's like follow the sun for a day (laughs) it's like oh great directions thank you so much like like you veer like a tiny bit you could be like miles away yeah Yeah. and it also depends on when you start your journey do you mean do i start when the sun comes out do i have to start when the sun is five minutes uh, like what if i have to wait till 9 a.m like yeah (laughs) like there are aspects jen does have the right attitude he's about it you know attitude about it he's like some directions these are you fucking asshole basically you know like he's kind of an everyman too because he's he's pretty grumpy throughout the film yeah, so he's like, I'm going to do this for my master, but this is kind of strange. Really strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, unfortunately, Jen, our, our young Gelfling, uh, his master, who he lived with, who had taken him in after the Skeksis had killed his his parents, um, is dying. And he sends him on a quest to find a crystal shard. Um, and he sends him to follow the sun until he gets to Agra who is my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes he goes off on his quest with his terrible wig and bangs because the 80s were not kind even to puppet hair. Oh, the blue in it is kind of cool. I think it's cool. I like, I like the texture of it. I'll say that. I think Kira's hair is extremely pretty. Um, and I do like Jen's trousers, his little plaid trousers with boots. Those are I great. will say that. Yes, I love his outfit. His hair just reminds me of when you take a Barbie doll and just like, <laughs> yeah, cut the bangs. You know? <laughs> it never looked this good, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, we are. I was going to say we we are also back to the Skeksis, and the Emperor has died, um, and. That death is straight out of a fucking that war scene movie. It's like an evil really dead when it disintegrates and the teeth are falling. Oh, and horrifying. They do such a good job with the Skeksis because they seem so dangerous to the point that even when they're alone with each other, I feel like, oh, get away from the other one. He's going to stab you. Like, it always feels like one of them is going to stab the other because they're so deceitful and nasty. Yeah. And also, it's it's an almost Shakespearean death like yeah. really shakespearean like he's just like i'm still the emperor and like you're just like oh this is a king lear speech waiting to happen and then <laughs> yeah. unfortunately he is not able to finish that speech <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh he disintegrates and now there is a power vacuum and we see the chamberlain and the general go to essentially have a fight to see who is going to take over as emperor and Okay, this trial by stone, I have questions. <laughs> Josh, maybe you can sure. enlighten me. So, uh, this challenge, they're not supposed to fight each other. They're supposed to hit the rock with yeah. their swords. And I'm presuming whichever person hits the rock the best wins. Yes. There are many chips in this rock. It's chipped away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, in the film, The Dark Crystal, the general knocks the rock in half, yeah. splits it. He wins. If he had not done that, how do they decide? Do they go until they get tired? Do they each get one hit and does it like? I don't know the exact politics. What are they going to do now in the future? I'm not a trial by stone lawyer or anything, (laughs) but I think probably whoever did the deepest. Yeah, that's what I thought because you can see like there's different like there's different like depth for the different cuts. 
that have been used before. So I I took it as like whoever can pierce the stone the deepest is the one who wins. Or if you just slice it in half, that works too. And there used to be more... Uh, yeah, that's just like a KO. They only kind of hinted this in the movie, but they really fleshed it out in the series. There used to be more mystics in Skeksis. Some of them are gone by this point because it's kind of the end of the world in this movie. Um, so presumably there were other emperors before this one. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, it's been a thousand years of this. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't know exactly how long they live. Have all of these Skeksis been around since the beginning? You know, Um we we don't know. Agra has been around the whole thousand years. We do know Agra that. Was, that detail was, we get is as old as the world is. She was born with the world. That's in the mythology. That's not yeah. in this movie, but I just know it because I'm a nerd. No, <laughs> no, and I did a little bit of research. Isn't she supposed to be like a representative of the world itself? Like she's the, basically like Mother Earth, but yeah. for Thra. That's cool. And honestly, yeah. good for her. Go. No wonder she's so grizzled. She's just like. <laughs> bunch of idiots yeah. <laughs> yeah well they also like tricked her so the the skeksis took power by um they built that orrery for her where all the you know the planets and stuff are so she, her soul went traveling throughout the universe for many many years while the and while that, that was happening the skeksis seized control of the castle so they kind of fooled her before the events of this which is also not in this movie but is in the prequel series and in the comic books oh gotcha which is why I'm glad you're here to give us these <laughs> details, because, again, this is my first time with this material. I got very, very stoned because I felt like I needed to for sure. the Dark Crystal. I mean, it would have anyways, but I felt like it was like necessary <laughs> yeah. for this. And so I watched it and was like, I'm just going to experience yeah. this because I have no idea what I'm in for. And I feel like this is just going to be a lot to process. Yep. And then I watched it again. And I was taking notes and I'm like, OK, I still have so many questions like. Yeah, that's that's what I mean expert, by like so I'm you glad get, to have your insight. You on get this. the <laughs> sense that there's like you're only getting the tip of this entire world, and that mm-hmm. and that is true. It's a huge yeah, world. There's like a ton of history and cultures and all that sort of stuff that is was fleshed out before the movie was made, and then is you know in the prequel series, and then there's a series of graphic novels and all all those sort of stuff. So I'm a completionist when it comes to Thra. <laughs> Which is like no, sort of my just, most embarrassing. That's like Sean with the alien universe. Exactly. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> I did have a question for you because I was reading mm-hmm. online and I, I didn't get a chance to get into it. But uh, and I hope this if this gives too much away, we'll cut it out later. But is it true that like the or, like the Urskak are aliens? Like, yeah. Are so, extraterrestrials? Um, they came um, from another world that also has a crystal at its center and they were doing some ritual during a great conjunction and accidentally got sent to Thra. Oh, and okay. It was them that accidentally cracked the dark crystal, which then separated them into the Skeksis and Mystics. Gotcha. So when they come back okay. together, presumably they go back to their own world through the crystal. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering. I, that's I, I read that uh, something about it, and I was like, oh i did not know that i didn't yeah <laughs> so i was like well i've got an expert <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so i i just wanted to verify that thank you um mm-hmm. but yes yeah, so the chamberlain and the general do have their uh, their trial by stone unfortunately the chamberlain loses by a lot and <laughs> also a terrifying scene when they strip him of his garments that scared the crap out of me as a kid yeah 
That was another thing. I'm like, why are they stripping him? <laughs> like, they strip him, and it's really, really upsetting, but then they let him take clothes with him. But it's like they had to strip him to humiliate him. And yeah. I'm just like, this is so extra for a children's <laughs> movie, unless they just wanted to show off the body design of the Skeksis. Yeah. Probably a little bit of both. Also, that sure. would be so humili- humiliating. It would. I mean... I like my clothes. Having all your coworkers rip your clothes off of you while they <laughs> when you get fired you. from the Thirty One Flavors or wherever you work, and they yeah. strip your clothes. And you're banished from this old navy. Henceforth. And I feel like it, it's not the only time where like a group of creepy creatures like swarm something in this movie because the yeah. Landstrider gets swarmed later, and I was just like, that poor Landstrider, what's happening? Um. Th- Oh, I thought you were going to compare this to Cinderella or, or uh, House of Thousand Corpses. <laughs> oh, those two. <laughs> um, but yes, so the general takes command as the emperor, um, and he sends out to Gartham to find the last Gelfling, which the crystal has revealed to them, um, who is Jen. Uh, I hate the Gartham so much. <laughs> so scary when you're a little kid. They're scary now. What are you talking about? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> all their little, all their the little legs, and the noises yeah. they make, and yeah, like little clickies. I will say, I'm just going to say this now. I have this thought a lot through this movie. I don't know how any of these characters accomplish anything. They all seem so incompetent with every single thing they try to do, except. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand how these manage to capture anything. <laughs> I don't know how you managed to get captured. Well, no. this is this is supposed to be the end of the world, and you know what they say: the meek shall inherit. It's true. <laughs> Way to okay. throw in little shop of horrors is what I was. <laughs> um, Thank you're you, Sean. welcome. <laughs> uh, but yes, we cut back to uh, to Jen, and he has been captured by some vines, and we meet Agra, and. My exact wording in our notes is Augur is fierce. I love her. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and her big floppy titties. She's yeah, great. She's so yes. Good. And her eye that she could remove. Also terrifying. <laughs> it's so badass. And I love when he's caught there and he says that his master is the wisest of the mystics. And she's like, where is he? Is he around here? And she's like, and he's like, he's dead. And, and she says, mm, could be oh, anywhere then. Yes. I was going <laughs> to say. I loved that so much as a child. <laughs> could be anywhere and i was like oh that's both funny and scary at the same time (laughs) this character archetype i always love it's very hard to uh go wrong i agree so much (laughs) she's amazing yes (laughs) but she is going to she helps well she lets jen down from her capture vines and brings him into her orrery which honestly what an incredible set piece like this is it's beautiful. pretty breathtaking when that wall opens to reveal it for the first time. It's a mm-hmm. very magical moment in the most literal sense. Like I was trying to write notes while also like, like, like the first time I watched it, I was, I think I was answering a text message and I was like, Oh, <laughs> and I put it down and I don't think I picked up my phone after that. I was like, we've got to focus <laughs> on this. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a beautiful orrery. Um, and this just, like this kind of set design i'm just like this is incredible um also this might be the best one in film it does beat out lara croft tomb raider in my opinion Ooh, it does beat out the <laughs> orrery and lara croft tomb raider i wanted to throw that in there because like we've clayton and i have been talking about that movie <laughs> so. i've never seen it 
And that's going to be our March Patreon commentary is on that because I've been playing through the Tomb Raider remasters and I just needed that to be our commentary. Also, you've never seen it, really? No, I was too old, really. I mean, I mean, I guess I wasn't. I wasn't, but um, yeah, I just it just wasn't it. your wasn't thing. Interested? Yeah. Uh, the fr- it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Don't go in expecting. It is a great representation of the first run of the Tomb yeah, Raider game. Yeah, like it's Angelina Jolie is incredible. She has oodles of charisma. Um, perfect. Yeah, casting. it's legitimately probably the most perfect video game casting I've ever seen. Uh, and it's just it's fun. And Daniel Craig has a nice shower scene. Um, <laughs> it was very important. <laughs> I was going to say, that was, uh, that was one of my awakenings. <laughs> Had that on VHS. Rewound a lot. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Agra shows, uh, brings the crystals to Jen, and then he has to choose which one is the correct one. And luckily, he remembers the barbershop on set, and uses his pan flute to find the real crystal and also i I do want to mention her groaning every time she has to sit down girl same (laughs) so relatable so fucking relatable she does it twice in the movie and i love it every single time yeah i was just like oh my god like i feel seen (laughs) she's so evil i mean i love that she tells him to ask a question and then makes fun of him for asking the question like he's an idiot yes (laughs) (laughs) fucking old people can't wait to be one uh (laughs) yes and when she he does get the when jen gets the the correct crystal she's like yes and now that you have it you don't know what to do with it do you (laughs) no one told you that did they but agra knows and she's like i'm not gonna tell you anything (laughs) or she doesn't have time unfortunately because the gartham do come and destroy her orrery and i am devastated it hurts my heart yeah i'm just like Everything in this universe doesn't look like they would have a great grasp on building things, and they are just knocking shit over. And I'm like, can she even wield a broom? Like, this is going to be a bitch to clean, and then it all, you know, burns, so it doesn't really matter. But it was really There's stressful. a lot of sad things Such in this mess. movie. I mean, this movie has slavery in it. <laughs> Let me remind you. <laughs> it does. It does have slavery in it. <laughs> oh my god, the pot lakes are so cute. I know. Um, I love them. We'll get to that in a second. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so luckily jen does escape um by rolling down <laughs> he dramatically falls yes. out of a window and then the orrery is on fire like two miles away <laughs> like, yes, fell. yes. Fell five miles. <laughs> it's a very long um, hill so my note in here was from scream 3 when when uh, jennifer jolie's like i can't stop rolling down the hill <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that was what i felt with with jen in this um and the mystics are now now that jen has the crystal the mystics set off very very slowly to the castle very mm-hmm. very slowly this is my biggest bullshit of this movie there is no way the mystics arrive <laughs> by the time they are supposed to in this climax <laughs> even that last time you see them coming to the castle i'm like i don't know when this conjunction is supposed to be happening they're saying it's you know like any minute and they are a full month <laughs> from getting there <laughs> <laughs> they picked up some land striders, but they died after a couple miles. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so now we are in the forest, and uh, I wanted to talk about the moment where one of those creatures gets eaten by like a log, and then all the other little like creatures chirp. And I was like, 
the circle of life. <laughs> That's such a good sequence where there's like no talking. You're just watching little animals scurry around for like two minutes and eat each other. And it's that's a really great moment. Yeah. And this is one of those moments of quiet this is, that I was talking yeah. about. Like at where this is my favorite section of the film. Mm-hmm. I get it. I mean, it's a great moment. Yeah. Um, just the fantasy world building in this section, like we're going through kind of this junglish area. Yeah. And all the little creatures you kind of see skittering around in the underbrush, and uh, I just it's love really it. Magical. It's like you're truly entering into this foreign world, not just us into the foreign world of the film, but the characters are going into a foreign world as well and discovering it. And it's all just, I mean, the production design is so gorgeous. Yeah. And yeah, it's all filmed in, in sound stages to too. At. It's not a real swamp or anything. Like all of yeah. these are in, absolutely in this, on a stage, which is pretty incredible. Which is one of the things I love so much. I kind of miss. I like when I watch. I, I wouldn't say like this. You know, movies from the eighties weren't always like this, but older movies. You know, like fifties and sixties that were all on sound stages that had that like really specific look like to matte them. Painted backgrounds, like Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and know, I just like, I love that movie. Yeah, White Christmas, mm-hmm. um, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, like that. Era. Just I love the look of it, and I really miss it. So. Even yeah, the I things that look, look, I mean, this, this movie looks remarkably good for a movie that's as old as it is, but even the things that have like look more fake now than they did then, they still look so beautiful because they're mm-hmm. handmade and they're made with such care that it doesn't bother me that they don't look real as, as right. opposed to some junky CGI mm-hmm. that looks like garbage. Well, and knowing yeah. like a little bit more, like I do feel like this is, you know, this is like almost an alternate, either an alternate universe or this is a far away galaxy. Like yeah. it, this could absolutely happen. A long like, time ago, it, it, and the thing and with not having any like real humanoids really does yeah. help it because then you're not putting this, you're not putting our actual world into this world. Like it's allowed to exist on its own plane. It's doing its own thing. It's a, it's just an incredibly beautiful space that I'm not trying to imagine. Like oh, where they got that inspiration from from our world. Yeah, in which the I series they do a cool thing, which is um, in the prequel series, it's all the same. It's all puppets and real sets, except they use a little bit of CGI just to help the puppets' faces along and mm-hmm. seem like... A, that is it, good, because that is one of my only negatives yeah. was with just specifically Jen and Kira. Yeah, with the Gelflings especially. But um, I was yeah. literally about to ask you if it was still like completely practical, pretty much. It's all practical, series. except for, for that. Me, yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah, really sweet. well done. <laughs> Where they're just like, I'm please show emotion they're all like i'm smiling <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they've all had botox <laughs> it's the botox i can't yeah. show emotion for another hour exactly. and a half. <laughs> uh but yeah jen is now walking through the forest and he encounters fizzgig the dog mixed with oh my god what were those little things from uh star trek <laughs> That's what Tribbles? this thing reminds Tribbles, thank you. It's like a triple <laughs> mixed with a dog, but with a terrifying mouth that looks like it'll swallow you whole. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's supposed to be cute, but like I said, that mouth is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my actual note in here. It says, okay, I think if his gig is supposed to be cute, but that mouth is terrifying. Uh, and now we meet Kira, who is another living Gelfling. And uh, I really like the character of Kira i think she's i think she's brave in a lot of ways where jen and she's very take charge in a lot of things which i think is 
I believe the word you're looking for is reckless. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> say just reckless. She does have her moments, like when she does when they speed to to go save the podlings. But I do She's feel like, like more intuitive, more impulsive, probably a little bit braver. Jen is like logical and pragmatic, mm-hmm. and you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they represent two different sides of 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 looking at a situation um and hopefully they get along because they're the last of their kinds <laughs> yeah. you know what that means <laughs> which is another thing i wanted to ask like this movie they do say that they're the last ones but like they both thought they were the last ones are there more yeah. gelflings well so the series is a prequel series so it's sort of sad because you know that there's a genocide coming um mm-hmm. but uh you get all the different cultures of gelflings there are seven different clans they're all very different you get all the politics between the clans some of them um are very close or like a servant clan to the skexies and so they're very cl- close to them some of them live underground and like never see the world above so they're all very different so an interesting thing that they do this is like a little bit of a spoiler but not really in the series is that Agra kind of sends her soul away to see all the different possible futures and you see clips from the movie but also other things too so it hints that there is a possible future where the genocide doesn't happen oh, and that gotcha. the that the gelflings will defeat the skexies in in some of the versions of the future but not all of them so it kind of that was their way around the genocide of the gelflings gotcha okay and th- actually, I like that a lot because I do feel like <laughs> sometimes I feel like we're in the dark version. <laughs> I know. <laughs> of the, I know. Of the, no, we're, we, we are. We're the in the rough timeline. version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I feel like we are in a timeline that is not always the best. <laughs> but also to answer yeah. your question. I want to be in the red, white and royal blue timeline. <laughs> but also to answer your question, I don't think there are any dark crystal properties that take place after the events of the movie i think everything takes place before which i'm only just now realizing so i presume that there probably are other gelflings on this whole giant world but i don't actually know because there's nothing that i know of that takes place after this gotcha i was just wondering because yeah if we're leaving it up to believe that the gartham will wiped out an entire race i'm i'm willing to bet that there are more that have been able to survive <laughs> Yeah, they're not exactly the most uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? Competent. <laughs> no. <laughs> um and so when Jen was scared by oh my gosh, I keep wanting to say Fizgaw and I'm like no, it's Fizgig, Fizgig, big Fizgig. <laughs> Uh, when, when he's, he's, <laughs> oh no, don't do it to me. <laughs> There's this comedy video we watch, and it's Natasha Dimitrio and her like comedy partner in Britain, and they do this thing called Internet Nails, <laughs> which I highly suggest you look it up. Okay, but <laughs> they're playing like. If you enjoy her at all and what we do in the shadows, it is yeah, really too much. <laughs> yeah, like, and she's, they're like Romanian and they're talking about their like nail salon in their kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but she's talking at the end and she's like we also do, like after like the end of the commercial she's like all the services yeah. they she's like we do phone this. cases phone charge uh and fidget spinning <laughs> <laughs> and it is the, one of the funniest things i've ever heard in my life and clayton and i say it probably every day 
<laughs> just for anyone who's listening internet nails is what it's called internet nails oh my God. Um, <laughs> you're welcome five minutes and your life will be so much funnier um but yes so when jen was scared by Fizzgig, he actually falls into a swap and when kira goes to to pull him out they end up dream fasting which is sharing their memories via touch um which i honestly this is a really great sequence too because you're watching the two of their paths are very similar but they end but they end up in different places um I'm which i think so is so cheesy that 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 segment really moves me genuinely <laughs> no <laughs> it, i just love this movie so much and it's really good i really like that sequence and it was a nice way to give some shorthand on their background mm-hmm. yeah. and it really tells you like you've only you've only heard about what happened like you haven't really seen much of 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 what happened of what the world was before the skexies basically you know killed every gelfling Uh, and so like this is a like it's a tragic story like about the ravages of war like and it includes the effects on children who are like alive during wartime because you see these two and like the first thing that kira says is like i remember fire and like that like that must be something that just haunts her dreams and it's just it's a really really dark but beautiful yeah they use it really coolly in the show too because that's how gelflings can spread information obviously from person to person is just touch them and like show them something that happened so in the war against the skexies that's like a major tool you know on their side holy crap that's incredible You'd yeah. be the best spies ever because you'd never have to say anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love this idea. Um, also, the Skeksis are disgusting uh, at their dinner. Them. Their dinner <laughs> scenes this are scene so of them gross. eating. Yeah, it cuts to like the animal in the swamp, the nebri, to them like eating a roasted nebri from a platter. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, it's so sad because you're like watching these two like babies like with their mother. I thought that cut was really really funny. It's so I funny. I mean, the whole scene is funny. The music uh, when they're transition. eating is like really farty, like and they're like you know they're like barfing and i mean burping and like it's so disgusting so i just recently rewatched uh lord of the rings the return mm-hmm. of the king and this was grosser than denethor oh no i don't believe that <laughs> i this was really gross but nothing is worse than watching him eat those tomatoes <laughs> i don't know john noble eating those tomatoes has traumatized us all but i think this grossed me out maybe more. i no, it's really gross. will agree that it's in, it is in the top five maybe top three but top 30 yeah. at least but uh nothing will ever like dissuade me more from disliking tomatoes <laughs> or from <laughs> liking tomatoes i guess i should say yeah <laughs> um but yes they are at dinner and this is when the my brain just won't work today the gartham i was my i kept wanting to say gathram in my head i'm like gathram no gartham the gartham come with agra in a bag (laughs) and she comes in and immediately is just like kidnap the sandy claws (laughs) and she immediately just reads them all for filth which i'm absolutely fine with (laughs) she just literally goes up and down which is amazing (laughs) just like spewing hatred at them it's so delightful yeah 
she's basically just like you are all so fucking stupid and you need to just stop being so fucking stupid and then <laughs> i just love how she was like why didn't you just ask me know, exactly <laughs> and i love the queer the the queerest of the queer skeksis goes oh how crude yeah yeah when, when she calls him like a muck mouth and she, oh, yeah how, this is the, the pearl clutching one like well yeah how dare um and we learn about the prophecy that a gelfling will end the skeksis rule which is why they created a huge genocide of the gelflings um and then they send out their crystal bats who are basically which is the one effect that i thought really did not work (laughs) oh the the, like when they fly away and it just looks like there's like a horrible anime and like they couldn't find a way to make these puppets it does sort of look like two seconds opening of scooby-doo when the bats fly but i also just like it because i love this movie so much (laughs) (laughs) it's just like the production detail and everything else is so high and those bats were just jarring yeah (laughs) yeah um but they are basically linked to the skexies and can basically spy for them um and then we get a yes like the eels and the little mermaid (laughs) yes uh and then we are we have kira and jen and fizzgig all taking a boat down a river and this is another quiet moment where they're just allowed (laughs) not as quiet as it should have been because if they're trying to (laughs) evade detection Kira maybe shouldn't be singing at the top of her lungs for Crystal Bats. To <laughs> also, the singing is very pretty. It's a very pretty scene, but the voice is certainly not Kira's because it's like a full five octaves lower than her speaking voice. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> but it's very pretty, just the same. <laughs> Can we talk about some of the voice acting? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. For a second. I think everyone outside of Jen and Kira is done amazingly Mm -hmm. jen and kira sound like a bad dub of an anime oh i think that they're good all right they have they're less fun because they're like not they're like the ingenues for lack of a yeah like they're the straight man but just uh, jen has protagonist syndrome unfortunately like he's he's the chosen one so he's he kind of gets he doesn't have so much to do i do think kira but it's it's more the way the lines are delivered. I just kept noticing with them, especially. I'm like, man, I wish this was done. But like, well, he's also kind of the straight man of this, right? Because he hasn't experienced as much of this world living. I'm not talking about the dialogue. No, no, no. I'm but, saying like, like literally just how it's. But his like reactions to things, like he's much more like the straight man. He's not something like been in this world very much, so he's a lot of his seems a little bit dry <laughs> because he's kind of like in disbelief or just like eh? <laughs> i mean even during things like his master dying like i wish he would have shown more emo- like there just wasn't a lot of emotion behind he's got a face full of botox what stuff. do you I want don't know. from him yeah <laughs> <laughs> is no, me? I, I think that was it too like that combined like if he had had like an expressive face yeah. it wouldn't have bothered me as much but like with the face having no expression and then the lines being delivered in that way it just was like man i wish there was like <laughs> a better caliber of voice actor just for these two performances. Mm. It wasn't enough that it like killed the movie for me, but I did kind of mm-hmm. wish they had different actors behind the Whoa voice. Woe is me. Business is bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I, like I said, this is a nice little quiet moment um, where they're just enjoying going down a, down a river, which 
I like I said, I like a quiet moment. Uh, and they do end up a crystal bat does end up seeing them, even though Kira knocks it out of the sky, which good on her. Good job. She's good with a slingshot. And then it peeps back up. So. Yeah, didn't do that great of a job, unfortunately. And gets her whole entire colony captured, so good for her. Well, we don't know if it was everybody, but we do know it was a lot of them. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we meet her her family of the podlings, or her colony. Um, and the podlings are so cute. They're so, so cute. cute. They're so fucking I was like, cute. oh my god, they're so cute. Um, and it makes it all the more sad when later, when you see that one get its like soul taken. And I'm just I like, know. oh, oh. Uh. Uh, we'll get to that, but <laughs> yeah, the podlings are cute, and they basically throw Kira and Jen a, you know, kind of a homecoming party, which or it's just like this every night. I can't, I don't know for sure. I always thought it was <laughs> like that every night. I thought that that's how they had dinner every night. Yeah, that's the vibe I got. I thought that this was just like their. They kind of read like Eastern lifestyle. Europeans, you know, like, <laughs> like Romanian village people in a good way, in a fun way. <laughs> I can see that. That's that's absolutely true. Um, and this movie is just so beautiful. It really is. Um, and I have a note in here that just says, ain't no party like a podling party. <laughs> it's uh, true. <laughs> it seems like a great yeah, time. Yeah, they seem, they're just so happy and they're, you know, like simple and just, they're actually, um, I think, canonically vegetables. They're like vegetable people, like potato people. Um <laughs> <laughs> i give you sexy corn um, so they're just like, very simple even more. salt of the earth people <laughs> literally um yeah. <laughs> i love that so much for them um <laughs> but unfortunately the gartham are there uh to ruin the party and they really know and they how never to... use a door do they no they no. only come through walls like exclusively <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say they are very fan. They're very big fans of the element of surprise, even though they got no- barely anything done on their first. They're talk. like the Kool Aid pitcher everywhere they go, just like bursting through walls. I'm dying to know how they get the podlings into those basket cages on their backs. Yeah, they're not very nimble. No, <laughs> <laughs> maybe like they just shimmy. I don't. I don't know. Uh, well, the Chamberlain's there. Maybe he helps them get it on. um but yeah so they are attacked by the gartham and have to run away and they're about to be caught but the chamberlain saves them um and i did have a question did Mm -hmm. either of you anytime you watch this and i know you've seen this a lot josh did you ever believe that he was trying to be a good guy no not even as a toddler nope didn't think so he's so (laughs) evil i mean even his voice is just like exuding evil Oh, another one of my favorite moments of this is when he's like, I hate your whimper. And he's like, hmm. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. He's so right, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The noises they make are so strange. <laughs> I know. I love his voice acting, though. And um, the series, it's what's the guy who's it's the star of Shaun of the Dead? Um, Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg does him in the show, and he's really great. Oh, that's awesome. I could totally see Simon Peck knocking this out of the park. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the Chamberlain saves them. Uh, and But Jen and Kira run away. And Jen blames himself for all of it. So he throws the shard and they go to sleep. 
Um, and they wake up the next day and they are at the Gelfling ruins. And we learn that Kira doesn't know what writing is. Yeah, she's illiterate. They're, they're words that stay, <laughs> which I thought was a really beautiful description. It, it of is. The, it really is. It's so language. simple and lovely. Mm-hmm. And it's nice because we've been seeing Jen learn a lot about the world um, with Kira teaching him. And he's finally able to teach her something, which I think is kind of a sweet moment between the two. Yeah. Uh, and they learn the, the prophecy from the murals on the walls that a Gelfling can save, heal the dark crystal and save the land. Or if they fail, the Skeksis will rule forever. Yeah. Chamberlain, the Chamberlain comes in and does try to befriend them, says he's basically on their side. And, uh, right. Like, if he makes peace, then he won't be an outcast anymore. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> A.K.A. let me bring you exactly. in. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be yeah. fine. A.K.A. Yeah, like, let me take you to the Nazis. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, uh, don't forget, I was a Nazi like a day ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, um, but yes, so they do not believe him, rightfully so, and run away. And we come to the most, my in my opinion, the most sad faded creatures of the whole movie uh oh. the land striders it's so upsetting yeah. i got really angry yeah they i watched so sad even their, especially their faces look so sad right from the beginning like they know <laughs> yeah like oh my gosh they're just like oh if we pick this girl up we're gonna die <laughs> well it makes me so mad is she goes and takes them and like gets them all out and then they both get killed she releases the podlings but then Jen and him go off the cliff, and she uses her wings to get him down. But do the podlings then just get immediately recaptured? Yeah. Do they run yeah. across I this giant extinct? I literally wonder the same. Yeah. I think they become slaves. That's what I've always thought. So, like, these poor creatures died for nothing when she's like, hey, these land striders will take us. Well, and they didn't for need nothing to. And they were doing they her do, a fucking favor. They do and then she heal got the them dark killed. crystal and send this Kexies away. So they do win at the end of the day. So it's not. It's immediately for for nothing, but not long term for nothing. <laughs> it yeah. feels really I was like, you see these poor creatures. I was die. like, I feel like they could have had a better plan than just like attack. Yeah, I know, <laughs> oh, but my. also like like the land striders could give a fuck who's in political power, right? They're like yeah. forest animals, like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, after the Land Striders met their demise, I re- my exact note was everyone in this movie is useless. <laughs> yeah, like put it on doesthedogdie.com. Like the Land Striders die, everybody. Beware. Yes. So the scene where we see them draining the podling of its oh, living essence. It's like pleading and... for its life. Oh, so sad. <laughs> I will say the Emperor General, when he's like growing young and looking in the mirror, Josh, have you seen Stardust? Yes. When Michelle Pfeiffer yes. gets young and she like drops her clothes, it's just like, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I was thinking of. <laughs> but I also, I mean, it's so evil and gross, but I also understand, like, I'm in my 40s now, so if I had to, if I could drain a podling. I'm 35, like, I get it. I'm like, yeah. give me, grind me up a baby, exactly. I will do it. Just... <laughs> Also, I just want to say one of my fi- other favorite parts of this movie is when Fitzgig throws a fit to come on the Landstrider before they leave. And he's just mm-hmm. like, ah! 
And I was like, <laughs> it reminded me of my nephew. <laughs> and then clearly someone from off screen, just like a PA, like throws him onto the land. Right. Threw it up there. I thought it was a big like ball. <laughs> yeah. Just like a triple. Yeah. <laughs> the the triple dogs. Um, and Clayton, I love your little Jennifer's body note in here. He says she's when uh after I was feeling very snarky after the death of the Landstriders, and as she flies down, I was like, she's just hovering. It's not that impressive. <laughs> um that was a really sweet moment. And like, then, really? They couldn't have made the wings, like, make one one yeah, flap? That was a really sweet moment in both times I saw the movie with kids this year. Because the kids had never seen it, of course. And so when they reveal that girls have wings, of course, all the little girls, like, went apeshit. <laughs> oh, that's so yeah, sweet, that though. super cute. Like, of course, you're a boy. Yeah, I was so jealous of that when I was little. Of course, there were many reasons that I wanted to be a girl when I was three. But um, that was among them. but it it and honestly i read up that they're they're almost like vestigial aren't they so they can't like fly but they can hover hover yeah (laughs) yeah okay gotcha and they're like batman basically yeah (laughs) Yeah, just kind of down uh but yes they are uh, unfortunately i'm sure all those podlings that they tried to save are captured the landstriders are dead and we are entering the bowels, the of, bowels the castle, of the castle. And the mystics are slothing their way ever closer. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Chamberlain does find them again. Um, and Yeah, and then Gollum shows, I mean, the Chamberlain <laughs> shows his true colors. Yes, uh, and he, we learn that the Skeksis and the mystics are connected. And Jen is left for dead when he scratches the chamberlain and he just knocks a cave down on him yeah as i love joke. yeah he was just like ah, yeah. fuck this dude <laughs> just like <laughs> literally destroyed it i'm when glad I, he just... <laughs> when i first started dating my boyfriend uh like four years ago he had never seen this so we watched it of course and in that moment when you realize that the <laughs> that like he gets his hand cut and then so does the mystic and you realize that they're somehow connected he's like wait what's happening and i just want to point out that my boyfriend has a phd and is 40 years old and he just like i was like they're connected joel it's like like, who am i dating this man is such a dum-dum even though he's a phd well there is a difference between street smarts and book smarts um can I share a story that's completely unrelated, yes, but kind of, um, <laughs> so, uh, my friend Kobe, who is a stoner and very precious around the time call me by your name came out, I was making all of my friends watch it. And he's <laughs> at the time, he's probably like 20 or 21 little straight boy. I mean, his girlfriend are over watching it and, um, it gets to the peach scene and all of a sudden <laughs> he's high as shit and he's like, What's he doing with that apple? (laughs) (laughs) We fucking lost it. I had to pause the movie and we're like, Kobe, first of all, that is clearly a peach. (laughs) I just saw. That's exactly what it looks like. I just saw all of us strangers in the theater when I was in New York for a weekend. And, um, which is like uh, no spoilers. I'm going to watch it in the next like it's two days. It's really wonderful and you'll love it, but there, it is a gay movie. So there's a scene where they've just had sex and, um, this woman a few rows ahead of me whispered to her friend very loudly 
that's karma. <laughs> I lost it like a lot of people heard and started laughing but it it was so earnest of her to try to explain jizz to her friend oh my god that is, that is fantastic that's a moment where you're just like i love that's why i love going to the movies the theater it's moments is like this is where it's worth going out to the theater we come to this place yeah. for magic <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh you know uh but yeah i oh that's great um but yes so (laughs) they unfortunately chamberlain does kidnap just take i don't know she's already there uh (laughs) kira and (laughs) and all of the skexies basically freak out over her being there and they decide to like, how are they evil rulers? They freak out so much, like little girls, at the sight of an in-captivity Gelfling. They're Gelfwin. so trifling, and I love that always in those scenes where they're all talking at once, you'll hear one of them say, like, ugly, hideous Gelfling. <laughs> that they yeah. think that the Gelflings are gross and ugly is so funny to me. <laughs> uh, yes, um, but... They decide to take Kira's essence and then kill her. Um, and the Chamberlain gets his ho- robes back with some <laughs> very satisfied whimpering. <laughs> uh, thankfully, Jen is alive, though. And while Kira is having her soul taken, uh, he force tells her to fight it. I didn't really... Is it supposed to be from the dream fasting? They're kind of connected? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. And then Agra tells her she can wake the animals, so she does this weird call for reasons I I don't really understand. I guess I've never... It's so funny. I guess I've just spent my whole life with this movie, so it's never occurred to me that that's weird. But you're right. It is weird. Um, (laughs) It's super weird. (laughs) Yeah. Because you kind of don't like, need it. Because Augur is right there. She could just be. She could just say like, "Free the animals," which she does anyway. So yeah, interesting. But like, he clearly like Jen said. Jen is like, "Kira, fight them!" And then like she, you can see she's fighting it. And that's when Augur is like, "Oh, wake up the animals!" Which yeah, you have this power. I know this, even though I'm just now beating you. <laughs> it almost feels like, and I know it probably isn't this, but like it almost feels like a dumb executive note. Like I can almost feel when an executive note happens in a movie because it's always like a dumb moment that explains something that doesn't need to be explained and you just know that some like universal executive was like can you do this just so that people are really clear um but it's probably not that it just feels like that to me (laughs) yes um kira luckily uses the animals to straight up murder the scientists and (laughs) When he falls in the fire and then the mystic just goes poof and the others just kind of lazily look over and just keep going like nothing happened. I think they were just like, oh, better hurry well, up. It is what it is. <laughs> well, I guess this is, but hurry up. Meanwhile, my PhD boyfriend is like, wait, what? What's going on? <laughs> if my Stodas could figure this out on the first time. Yeah. I mean, I kind of figured it out when they were like 10 Skeksis and there were 10 Mystics. I was like, oh, okay, got it. Yeah. they're they're gonna yeah. be connected <laughs> but i i i watch a lot of movies 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is why you don't have a PhD. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that takes I a lot of time. A either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Kira is looking rough, and the conjunction is coming. She looks so rough. Know, well, then so again, she's but also she kind of looks pretty too, though, in like a sort of gothy way, you know. And then she looks like for the rest of the movie, she looks that way. They took some of her essence, like literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, she looks like, you know, when you see like one of those 90s supermodels and you're like, oh my God, they're so skinny, but like, damn, I wish I was that skinny. She also <laughs> is giving um, Patricia Arquette in Nightmare on Elm Street 3 when she's like up making that paper mache, paper mache mm-hmm. house in the opening yes. credits. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yes. Um, unfortunately, Jen falls and gets surrounded by Gartham. And this is the scariest scene of this movie. It's really like scary. when those like purple eyes, like uh, the purple uh, eyes and the black. I was just like, oh, this is creepy. And like that entire scene, I was just like, oh, if I was a kid, this would be like, I would not be able to look away. But this is like <laughs> Tim and Lex in the in the kitchen with the raptors. Scary. Absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> um he luckily does get away um and uh you know good old climbing through the wall trick you know what above a pit of fire though so he's like not in the clear exactly (laughs) yeah like luckily he climbs well (laughs) um and we are entering the climax where uh kira is trying to find jen or is she just trying to find the crystal i'm not entirely sure but Jen is trying to find the crystal, or Kira, or both, um, and the Skeksis are coming in for the conjunction. And the Mystics are still trying to get inside <laughs> yes. very, very slowly. Yeah. They... And just sing at the Gartham. And they left This is also low-key an astrology movie, right? Like, the conjunction is Absolutely. totally an astrological event. Like, where are my astrology girlies? They would love this. Uh, again, so... The Tomb Ra- Lara Croft Tomb Raider film from 2001 starring Angelina Jolie as Lara Croft <laughs> not only includes an orrery, but a giant thing, a plot point in the film involves a planetary alignment Ooh. during a specific conjunction. So It sounds like I would really <laughs> like that movie. There. I'm going to watch it. You've inspired me. <laughs> I'm doing the Lord's yes. work. I, my work is done. <laughs> go. <laughs> Well, we're almost at the end. You might as well stay. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so, yes, we are entering the climax where Jen is taking his sweet time to do anything. Uh, the Kira is... This is kind of a weird climax, though. This was my... So, <laughs> another thing. I finally... I just saw my note of what I really thought Kira reminded me of. Kira in the end of this movie looks like glenn glenda (laughs) that's not nice (laughs) like take her bad blonde wig and give her a little short red wig while she's all like sickly and her essence is kind of yeah (laughs) glenn glenda Glenda is like kira when she goes to art school and cuts her hair (laughs) when she's like a freshman at pratt in brooklyn studying stop illustration shaving under, or stop shaving under yeah, her arms exactly. you know? <laughs> yes um but 
poor Kira is has the crystal and she is killed by the high priest um, while trying to throw it to Jen, which she is able to do before she is killed. Another um, scary moment. I love how earlier when Jen just leaps to the top of the crystal and promptly drops the I shard. I would absolutely do the same thing. No question. <laughs> I would too, but I mean, like, we're not we're not a chosen exactly. one. In the final moment, like, this is when you nut up. Well, this is when you have to... That scene scares me so much too. Like, I, I said it already, but anytime someone comes close to a Skeksy, even another Skeksy, I'm, like, really anxious because they're so nasty and deceptive. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and they chuck Fizzgig down the shaft. And all I was thinking of, (laughs) this is going to be a so specific thing, Sean. When Fizzgig gets thrown down, all I could think of was the Cardassums. (laughs) And when Kim was just like, Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That's all I was thinking when he got thrown down. Oh, my gosh. Just had to share that with you. Uh, yes, that did that does work. Um, yeah, so the conjunction is happening. Luckily, Kira was able to get the crystal to Jen before before she died, and he uses the crystal to heal the dark crystal. Um, and we we watch, which is not where I thought that shard went, and I was just like, oh, it's not what <laughs> yeah, I thought it needed I, to do. I thought it was going to be. It, <laughs> I it was kind of a strange spot for it. <laughs> it feels like they were. I mean, I guess they're taller when they're like they're conjoined creatures. Oh, the Urskex. Yeah, yeah, like the. Uh, Is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, sorry. If you hear that, that was thunder. Oh wow. Oh yeah, you're getting the storm that way. I was <laughs> I was hoping we'd be able to finish recording before it hit here. I forgot you're. Over. <laughs> yeah, I'm over where it's coming first. <laughs> So, um, and I have my window open, so if it gets too loud, please let me know and I'll close it. Uh, it's fine. I can take care of it. We're at the end. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so, and things are starting to go back to, well, back to normal before any of them were alive, except for the Skaxies. The Gartham fall to pieces. The dark oppressiveness of the castle begins to crumble. The slaved podlings regain their Yay. essence. Thank God. And... Uh, and Puppers is okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, luckily, Fizzgig was able to hold on by his teeth. That mouth is good for something. And Augur saves him by poking him with a stick, <laughs> which somehow, instead of making him fall to his death, helps him. I think she's up. supposed. She's trying to get him to like grab onto it, which he doesn't have arms or legs. So I guess yeah, he I don't only know has his thinking. mouth. Yeah. So I think she... <laughs> he has like two mouths inside yeah. of that mouth, though. He's basically a <laughs> um and the the mystics and the skexies combine back into the urskex um and which are horrifying i would not think those are good aren't they scary they, they are absolutely so terrifying yeah they're scary i not a big like this was the biggest surprise of the movie i was like okay they're gonna evolve and turn into like you know these things and i'm just like holy shit these look like the ring rays yeah mm-hmm mixed with some horror from pirates of the caribbean <laughs> i'm like these are not good guys this is the scariest thing this movie has thrown at me yeah. yet <laughs> it, it is honestly creepy um and that you can't really tell where their mouth is like at least not on the sd version <laughs> so it's the hair the hair was what i found truly they, frightening that, about they them. speak like telekinetic uh, telepathically so they don't ever open their mouths 
Which That's is cheaper. Why... Okay, yeah. <laughs> that makes way more sense. <laughs> and even yeah. hippier. <laughs> um, but yes. I don't like when things don't have mouths. Luckily, uh, Jen is... A... They're able to bring back Kira back to life, and they leave them the Crystal of Truth and make your world in its light. Um, and you got that and they beautiful bounce. shot of that. It was like the same shot as the opening shot, but now it's like a white castle and a beautiful green land, and you know yes. that everything is going to be uh, the final shot is gorgeous. Yeah. And Adam and Eve repopulate the Gelfins. Exactly that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and Adam knew Eve. <laughs> but yeah, that's that is the end of the Dark Crystal. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts on it? Um, just that it's like beautiful and special and I get it's one it's one of the only movies where like if someone doesn't like it that's it for me and that person like I just completely it's, it's like this and the Rocky Horror Picture Show where I'm like okay well that's not a person that's for me <laughs> so if I were to say <laughs> I don't like this in my personal <laughs> which is funny because you've been like nobody likes this movie so do you have friends <laughs> I do have friends most of my friends haven't seen it <laughs> and so i'm like you're very like... sensitive to who i will show this movie to it's like it's very special <laughs> and very dear to me <laughs> and, I could, and i'm and being I a little bit why. facetious too no i get you uh i feel the same way about aliens <laughs> um yeah. and like clayton was trying to get my goat on the first episode and like he was like making fun of it a little bit and i'm like i'm going to boil you alive they were all very very valid things I they were not you were making fun of the little girl who has survived for like months by herself fucking hate Ugh, newt. wrong i i like newt but she does have like a thick ass baltimore accent for a girl in the future <laughs> which is funny because <laughs> yeah like it it really is like very baltimore <laughs> it is like a really it is a full-on john waters baltimore accent speaking of john waters did you see the news oh yes oh yes 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 i'm yes. so excited did you see the news mm-hmm. sean yes i did aubrey plaza is starting listeners if you didn't know john waters is making his first movie in like 40 20. years and it's been 20 years whatever what is time audible yeah. sigh it's a big deal. Wait. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Speaking of John Waters, I live right by the Academy Museum, which just opened a couple of years ago, which is like a giant uh, movie museum. And they have a giant John Waters show that takes like two, uh, frankly, two hours to see because there's a whole room for every single one of his movies, plus his childhood and things like that. And it's so cool. But also there, they have a ton of the original Dark Crystal puppets. They have Jen and Kira and the Chamberlain and like a couple of other things that are just so cool to see in person. The more and more I hear about this piece of architecture, the more it's like on my bucket list higher than seeing like the Eiffel Tower because <laughs> I just want to go to the I want to go to the Academy Museum and I want to find a boy to take me to the Criterion Closet. Like that's just oh the two God. things I, I want to go into the life, Criterion honestly. Closet so badly. Yes, I do too. I would love to go. Uh I don't have any final thoughts on this other than whatever I will say and whatever I decide to rate this in a moment. Sean, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, No, not really. I do think that this was a very good movie. Um, And it's one that I, it, it gave me more upon repeat viewings because I, like I said, I've never seen it before. So whenever it's a movie that I'm not very well knowledgeable, I try to watch it at least twice. I watched this three times. 
Well, wow. technically two and three quarters because one time I had to walk into work, so I had to stop the last like ten minutes. Mm. <laughs> um, but I yeah, I watched it again on my way home from work. Like I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a beautiful piece of artwork. Um, and I really do want to check out the TV series to kind of expand the knowledge. And I would love to see, you know, I know um, Jim Henson couldn't do it, but I'd love to see like a sequel to this where, you know, we kind of have a new adventure. Supposedly, there have never been any plans for yeah. a sequel. Yeah, which all is the fine. were for prequels. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. I understand. Like, this is this is the ending and the beginning. Um, but it i think it'd be i think it's a very ripe world for uh, for someone who loves it to explore it yeah so josh if you're getting on letterboxd are you rating this just instantly a five stars heart no yes and it's it's off it's usually in my top four but it's not currently because i for some reason i feel a little embarrassed about how much i love this and i'm so associated with horror and cult movies and stuff like that never feel embarrassed no but i part of me just wants to be like a hipster and this is like my love for this movie is one of the least hip things about me (laughs) (laughs) actually because it's kind of a cult hit it really is kind of like very hipster isn't it I guess so, but it's like a cult hit. It's like it's sort of like D and D adjacent rather than like female trouble adjacent. I have Drop Dead Gorgeous in one of my top four on Letterbox. I love so. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yes. Um, I was gonna say my top four right now, which my top four is so fucking weird. It's Beauty and the Beast, The Hateful Eight, Drop Dead Gorgeous, and Closer is my current top four. Uh, mine are Aliens, uh, The Thing, uh, what else do I have? The Mummy. And then Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> I think I have, I'm not looking at it, but I think I have Rosemary's Baby, Female Trouble. Uh, I can't remember what else, but I know that those two are there. Harold and Maude, maybe. I can't remember. Ooh, you've got a good mix. Mm. Um, so uh, so you said a f- this is a full on five for you, right? Oh, yeah. No question. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Clayton, how about you? So the first time I watched this, I didn't really know what I was getting in for. And I was just like, okay, this is pretty good. I liked it. And I was watching the uh, just regular Blu-ray quality of it that time and gave it like a three out of five. And then I watched it again with the 4K and was really blown away by even more by the art than I was the first time. And I was like, all right, three and a half. After talking about it, I... I'm almost going to say, I think I'm going to move that to a four. I think I'm going to say this is a four out of five. Yes. And I want to rewatch it and I want to watch the show. And you have given me a deeper look into Aww. this that I was not expecting because honestly, Sean can attest to this. The eighties is the decade of film that scares me the most. It's the hair. Um, it just He just can't get past mm, it. It is. It's the mm-hmm. hair. And this is so eighties. Like this is the decade that gave us cats. Like it's, <laughs> it was, it was a time. The eighties was just a crazy time, a time to be alive. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, we also had practical effects in the eighties, and we get wonderful things like this. So, yeah. And I'm actually kind of the same. I actually started a little bit higher than Clayton. I was at a three and a half. Um, I, ha- and I've moved up to a four. Um, 
especially with this conversation i think the last set the third time i watched it i was on my way to four and then our conversation just really pushed me over to it so i'm so glad it could be an evangelist this is something i'll appreciate more and more on rewatches i'm so glad i could be an evangelist for this movie and world (laughs) and we really appreciate it because i love to see movies that i haven't seen before sometimes i have to be pushed to do it i know i'm horrible yeah uh the podcast is one of the most fun things for like finally happened to cross something off so yeah i mean I'm, my podcast is about art house movies so sometimes i'm like i have to watch this three hour long japanese movie <laughs> here we go oh yes <laughs> and I, I and i love it and i love doing the podcast but sometimes i'm just like i just don't want to don't want to watch that like yeah. had a long day yeah. at work i just want to go home and like watch chopped or something mm-hmm. and <laughs> like no i've got to watch this movie that clayton absolutely loves that looks like it's going to be like slow and and thoughtful and then i fall <laughs> I, I love and then job. i fall I in love too. with it so it's okay <laughs> yeah so how'd this movie do uh so on a budget of 15 million this grossed 41.6 million which actually is pretty good enough that is a lot of money in 1982 yeah yeah it was number two to et this is i think it was the year that et came out so oh dear god everything was second to et that year yeah sean it's fine the thing has endured you're okay yeah. <laughs> and also weirdly this movie was huge in japan of all places like just massive there ahead of et you know sometimes you hear things and it's just like oh it's huge in japan and you're like what <laughs> no it's really strange <laughs> well but it's also i mean it's beautifully done artwork which i do think that japan tends to they tend to at least embrace it a little bit more than american audiences do sometimes it's true americans don't really care about art we're kind of philistines for the most yeah like we're very much like (laughs) oh like it's pretty or oh it's fun um but we don't like we don't take the time to really like absorb it and i think that's something that the japanese culture really does is they do more like embrace the art and like that's something that they hold up a little bit higher at least that's what i've seen in japanese culture not that i'm an expert or anything but like (laughs) i I didn't realize you had like a japanese art (laughs) i do not i do not know very much but uh, just from what i've seen speaking about um other critical places on letterbox this has an average score of 3.6 which for letterboxd i feel like is actually a little bit high for a movie like this. You think? Yeah, because this does have a big cult following, but I could see a lot of people be on Letterboxd Film Bros being like, uh, two stars, this right. sucked. Um, yeah, that's a little bit... I honestly thought it was going to be closer to 3.3 or 3.4. So I think a 3.6 yeah. is... It is it is a little bit lower on, on your scale, I'm sure. But I most of the time when it's like a cult classic, people either love it or they hate it. And that... A 3.6 is usually... And bring the score down. Yeah, and 3.6 must be... What? Oh, I said a lot of times when something that polarizing, it can bring oh, the score down. Oh, I thought down, you said so. the rain is pouring down. I was like, it's not raining yet. What are you talking about? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I th- uh, 3.6 is actually, I think, pretty high. Especially because a 3.9 is basically the most perfect film shown to man. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. I'll take it then. <laughs> so, Josh... 
What do you want to plug and where can people find you on the socials? Um, you can find me on Letterboxd, Blue Sky, or Instagram at Joshua Conkle. And I co-host a show called Blood House, which comes out every Monday. It's how House is spelled H-A-U-S with my friend Drusilla Adeline. And we talk about art house horror movies, but in a way that is like funny and unpretentious and silly. And um, other than that, I am a writer for a Netflix series called Dead Boy Detectives, which airs um, in April. Ooh, awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. So if you want to find us, first of all, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash triple M pod with three M's. Uh, a lot of fun episodes happening over there that you won't get over here. But if you want to find us on the socials, the podcast is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Blue Sky, at Triple M Pod with three M's. Sean and I are on Twitter and Blue Sky and Letterboxd if you want to see what we're watching. Or Serialized if you want to see what TV we're watching. I am at Just Happy to See You, number two, letter C, letter U. Sean can be reached I am at... Murph the Smurf, M-U-R-P-H-T-H-E-S-M-U-R-P-H. If you want to shoot us an email, our email is men who like men who like movies pod at gmail.com. And Sean, what are we watching next week? So I wanted to, to after after our month of uh, uh well depressing romances um <laughs> for february i wanted to do something a little bit fun and we've started with the dark crystal and let's keep it up and we're gonna do a fish called wanda hell yeah great movie please don't forget to give us a five star eight or maybe even a review if you have time it helps so much don't forget to be kind to people it's really hard out there it does not cost anything not that hard to be nice Josh, thank you for yes. suggesting this film and coming to talk with us. This is a blast, me. and I've had my eyes open to a piece of the 80s that I'd been missing. <laughs> thank you. And I'm from the 80s. Yeah, yes. Me too. So. <laughs> this was so much fun. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's such pl- it was a pleasure. Until next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.